Welcome to the Tad and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast. So what does it look like when two radio guys are locked into a studio and said, hey, you need to do a podcast? That's we need to do a podcast? <laughs> We're not choosing to do this? Well, yeah, I think we are. Okay, I, th- right. I think we'll grow to love it. And this will be like one of our favorite things of the week. Yeah, I hope so. Or the month. Yes. Start off monthly. Do you see this becoming a, a regular weekly thing? Oh, yeah. Could yeah, you? Yeah. I, I, I think between you and I and uh-huh. the experiences that we've had. Yeah. Are we the old men at the radio station? Uh, yeah, we are. So, I mean, we really are. So we have the seasoning, I guess you could say, of real-life perspective from a radio point of view and others. I like that. So if you're listening for the very first time, obviously you are, because this is the very first Half a Day podcast. I'm Ted. Uh, I do mornings on J103, and that's Brad. He does Hi. afternoons on J103. And tell us about Half a Day. Why are we calling this thing Half a Day? Half a Day. And, uh, it's a Guamidian term. It's uh, The natives are called Chamorros on the Isle of Guam. For those that don't know where Guam is, Guam is actually 6,000 miles north of Australia wow. and 6,000 miles south of the Philippines. Okay. So it is 7,000 miles from Hawaii. So if you make a triangle like that, you can find Guam. It's 30 miles long, six miles wide. And it's 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 it's, Amer- it's an American you know colony. Uh-huh. So that means everything American you can think of there: McDonald's, Wendy's, Kmart, uh, anything you can think of that would be in Chattanooga or. You think they land. still have Kmart's, even though there's not many Kmart's I, in the United they, States they anymore? They actually still have a Kmart. <laughs> I remember when I was there, they had Shakey's Pizza. Shakey's Pizza. Remember Shakey's Pizza? I never, I've never. You've heard never had Shakey's Pizza, pizza no. as a kid? Uh uh-uh. Is that a West Coast thing? Yeah, that must be a. Okay, I guess that must be a West Coast thing yeah. because Shakey's Pizza was really big. But the cool thing about that actually was, is yeah, uh, it's 17 hours ahead. So think of anything that happened in America, like right now, this very moment, it would already be tomorrow on Guam. Yeah, that they've yeah. experienced. I've had to deal with that some with my son, that's uh, an Army Ranger when he was over in Afghanistan. That's the way it was there too. You had to think ahead when you were talking that way. So half a day. Half a day, you know, we, we kind of use it loosely as I work one half the day and Brad works the other half of the day. But what does half a day mean on Guam? Half a day actually means, hey, how are you? It means uh, you can say, hey, half a day, as in like, hey, how you doing, my brother? Or it's like half a day. As in like, oh, man, it's really great to see you again. So it's a very positive greeting. I like that. And that's what we're going to call this podcast. Let's talk about the reason we even know of Half a Day and Guam is that's part of your radio journey, isn't it? Yeah, actually, you know what? It was. It's kind of a weird story. Um, I was doing... Um, I was doing a radio station, and uh, my first radio gig, actually, was in Bucyrus, Ohio. And, um, now, wait a minute. You're a West Coast guy. Yeah, I'm a West Coast How guy. How was your first radio job on, in Ohio? Oh, it was crazy. I mean, I, was sent, I sent out, I kid you not, 237 tapes. And, uh, after you graduated from college? After I graduated from college. And um, hold that thought. Let me That's okay. That's going His on. phone's talking to him right now. Yes, it's Donnie Smith again. Man, I'm tired of that. using my aliases. So... Um, I was doing more, I was, uh, doing the, uh, um, a very, gosh, I, it, we'll just say it was agriculturally based Barbara Streisand, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra <laughs> type radio station. I was on the air an hour of the day. Well, after two winters and on mother's day, it snowed like a blizzard in Ohio. I was like, I'm out of here. So I started throwing tapes right and left. And I got this call from this gentleman and he said, hey, Brad, I heard your tape, and I want you to come to Guam. And I thought, Guam? Okay, I think that's by Cuba. 
So <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Well, did some more dirty work and found out it was 6,000 miles away from Australia. And I was like, this could be an adventure. So sent the t- uh, wrote back, said, hey, yeah, interested. So they flew me out to California to meet with the owners of the radio station. And lucky I had a boom box because we had boom boxes back then and a tape because they'd never heard me before. Oh, no. And so they were like, okay, so the boss's name was Ray Gibson. He, Ray said, hey, man, they, they talk really well about you on Guam. Let's hear your tape. And I was like, you haven't heard it yet? And they're like, no, no, we haven't heard anything at all. So they heard it. They liked it. And so I went out there for what they call a three-year stint, uh-huh. a three-year contract, and just had a blast, man. So you were on the island of Guam for three years. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Some people would hate it. So I, I talked to people because there's Air Force's bases, there's Navy bases, there's Marine bases out there. And talking to some of the people, either you love it or you hate it because you'll get that island fever. You cannot get off the island. The wow. nearest landmass is 200 miles away. Oh, my goodness. So. All right, so you went. My first start was in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I was going to a, a Baptist Student Union uh, free lunch, you know, because of college students, you want to get as many free lunches as you can. That's true. And you got a free lunch on Fridays if you sat through the speaker or whoever was giving the devotion. And uh, Tony Tabor, who was the uh, – um, the program director of the local Christian radio station, he was uh, um, the guest speaker. And so after the uh, after he's at the, the free sandwiches and soup from the, the senior adults at whatever church was providing it that day, uh, Tony shared about Christian radio there in Louisville. And so I went to him afterwards. I said, Tony, how do you get into radio? And uh, he said, well, just get me a resume and get me a demo tape. And so I went down to the college radio station there in the student center that had a, a total audience of about, you know, three blocks from there okay. and uh, uh, did one, volunteered for one shift. Wow. Did one show, recorded a tape, sent it to Tony with a resume and didn't hear anything for like six months. And wow. he finally called me and said, hey, I've got an overnight radio job for you if you want it. How were you feeling, though, between those six months? Did you feel? I mean, I was fine. You know, I was excited about the potential uh, because my mom had always said, oh, you've got a a voice for radio. Oh, geez. That's a curse. uh, That's a curse. I know. For those that don't know, if you have a radio voice, that's a curse. Yeah. Because... at one time, we all, they all used to puke like this Choking the whole puke. time. Yes, we did. And so. Uh, but anyway, so that, yeah. And, and then she reminded me, my mom reminded me that my first grade teacher always said, you know, on my report card, Ted talks too much. So she thought I'd be well, perfect for radio. And uh, uh, so anyway, I got the call, did the overnight radio for a long, long time. And then uh, all through college. And then they uh, the radio station got sold. Uh, and of course, they came in and said, there'll be no changes. That happens a lot in radio, too. Yes. Yeah, we're buying the station, but there'll be no changes, yes. we promise you. And then within six months, everybody's gone and there's a yes. new format. Um, and that kind of was the case, only they kept me around overnights. And it was uh, um, Kiss FM uh, there in Louisville, the first time Kiss FM came to Louisville and uh, hung out with Frosty Stillwell in the morning. Oh, my. Uh, they brought him in from Detroit and did the morning show there and then uh, went from there to another Christian radio station uh, as a program director for a short lived time. And then moved down here, and I've been with J103 ever since. After you left Guam, that was your second station? Uh, let's see. Yes, yes, that was Guam. All right, yes, what came after Guam? Uh, after Guam, um, a friend of mine who used to do um, nights on the other competing radio station, I worked at Hit Radio 100, which was the number one radio station on Guam. Number two was called Power 98. So they had a gentleman out there who, um, his name is Sean, great guy. He is now part of the, what is it called, Bubba? Rick and uh, Bubba? Not Rick and Bubba, it's uh, the other Bubba. 
He, um, they're syndicated. They're out of Nashville. Okay. Some country station. I, I don't remember what it is. Um, but he got sick and tired of being on Guam, and he got a job at WFMF in Baton Rouge. And so we just kind of corresponded over the years. And I was trying to, um, after my three years was up, I was really trying to get off that island. I mean, I was sending tapes out everywhere. And I got a call from him, and he's like, dude, I'm about to go to Reno. Do you want my gig in Baton Rouge? I said, sure, no problem at all. So he, you know, made a phone call and called the guy up and said, hey, Brad's a good guy. And so I left Guam and went to uh, um, went to uh, Baton Rouge. Now, on, on Guam, I was doing middays. Okay. But it was a f- hardcore flame throwing dance um, top forty radio station. Okay, I mean, it just okay. didn't stop. So uh, from there, I went to WFMF, and it, it was a hot AC. So okay. I mean, it had mellowed out a little bit, uh, just a bit. But you had to remember back then, the music back then would just absolutely sucked. I mean, it was yeah, Counting Crows and Mr. Jones, and my program director was not all in the head. And so he, the music was way out there in my field. So. <laughs> now, did you learn? Did you learn to love Cajun food while you were in Baton Rouge? Oh, man, loved Cajun food. Oh my gosh, there's a place called Brewbockers. If you've never been there before, they have chicken and cheese po' boys. Oh man, and they have homemade onion rings. Oh, if you ever get to Baton Rouge, you've got to, you got to go there too. And I, I think one of the coolest things about Baton Rouge is everybody was so friendly. Yeah. Oh, it was just so awesome. All right, so then from Baton Rouge, how long, how long were you there, and where'd you go next? It was Baton Rouge. I was there for two years, and then uh, it was coming down the pike. They were going to sell the radio station. It was going to be bought by Clear Channel. Okay. And it was Capstar back then, and so everybody was you know, heading for the rails, so we started throwing out tapes right and left. I remember sending tapes to Corpus Christi and, and different places like that. Well, our morning guy, um, our morning guys, I guess you could say, they went to Huntsville. They brought another morning guy in. His name was Tom. He did radio for a while in Little Rock. He was our morning guy at WFMF in Baton Rouge. He got wind of what's going on, and he bolted immediately. Well, a week and a half before they flipped the format to, it was called a loose format. It was something that another program director, it was like um, an incredibly alternative radio station okay Okay. but it was only like a tempo of about 80 yeah so think about that so i made a phone call to the guy in um little rock and he says dude i'm looking for a night guy at this brand new radio station starting up in little rock you want to roll i said i'm out and so i went to little rock for two years how long were you two years and then when did you go Two years and then i got a phone call one night i was on the air at uh, star that's where it was in little rock and I got a call from um, Mike McCoy, who is the program director of KJ, KJ 103 uh-huh. in Oklahoma City. Okay. So he promised me the world, and he's a shyster, but that's okay. And uh, I went to Oklahoma for two years. So. All right. And then from Oklahoma? Oklahoma, um, I, got, uh, I got let go. And uh, they were just making some changes. This is radio, though. When you <laughs> when you get let go in radio, you really can't take it personally. Right. You really can't. Right. I mean, it's it's you know the Wonder Boy has just appeared, and they did, they need to hire him or X, Y, and Z. I mean, I had incredibly high ratings. In fact, I was talking to a consultant one time, and he goes, "Brad, did you know you had the highest ratings in America at one time at night?" And I was like, "Oh gosh, it would have been nice to tell me, you know, ten years ago." But I went to uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Worked for. Uh, Is that where you met your wife? Yeah, that's exactly where okay. I met uh, uh, Beth. And 
the, the cool thing about that was it was just a laid-back CHR radio station. I mean, people in North Carolina are just so, they're just laid back. They yeah. have this kind of sure. kind of crazy laid back. It wasn't like the mellow, hey, dude. Right. You know, but it right. was just like, and everything was different in North Carolina. I mean, it's a world within itself. The music was completely different. I mean, we were playing train and uh, toad the wet sprocket bands I'd never heard before. Right, right. But it worked for them. Yeah. So I did um, uh, three years there, and I, I really didn't want to leave, but I got married, and I thought I can never, I can't do nights forever if I have a wife. So that's where things started going haywire. Went to uh, Columbia, Missouri to do okay. mornings. Okay. So I went from market number forty-five to market two thirty. Okay. To, to think I could uh, uh, make it in mornings, and uh, my wife asked, like, "Well, you got to start at the beginning again and work your way up." Stupid. Uh, that definitely does not work like that. So I did uh, a year and a half in um, in Columbia, Missouri. It was probably the worst time I've ever had in my whole entire life. I mean, it it was just gray and dull, and people were unemotional. Um, I mean, they were they were beyond melancholy. I mean, it was it, it was just a, a really rank place to live. And hey, if you're listening to this and you're from Missouri, I'm sorry, but just couldn't handle it. And um, I had a co-partner named Racy Stacy. Racy Stacy. Racy Stacy. And it was like the Saints and the Sinner show. I okay. would try to walk the line of Christianity on a CHR radio station, top 40 radio station. And she would just blow. Uh, she would be the opposite. Oh, uh, incredible. Yeah. I mean, there was one part, and I, I hate if you're grossed out, but she was pregnant uh, didn't and he didn't know who the father was, and she lay down on the floor and, and got sick live oh, on the wow. air. It was just nuts. So. All right, so after Missouri, where where did where'd you end up at? All right, so after Missouri, we went to Panama City, Florida. Yeah, that's where I met our that's... former. Uh, well, actually, I went to Island 106, and that was a story within itself because the program director didn't tell the bosses that they were hiring me, <laughs> which I thought was just. And by the time I got down there, it's just like, well, no one knows you're here. What? <laughs> so the operations manager is like, look, we'll make this work out. Well, that never worked out. I was there for like a year, and then they just blew everybody. They blew me out because yeah. the bosses didn't like me because they never had a say in who was to be hired. And right, right. Then they blew that guy out, and then they blew the morning guy out. So it's just one of those things. Then I went across the street. After my six-month non-compete, and I went to, what, WPFM, um, which was 107.9 PFM. That's where I met Steve Green. Uh-huh. You may know Steve Green. He worked here at the radio station as our general manager. J103. That's yep. right. He's now in uh, Louisville, working for Way FM. But um, I worked for him, and uh, I remember one of the salespeople came to me and said, hey, Brad, I got remoted to a strip club. And I said, well... Find somebody else. Uh, there was a guy named Maverick. I said, get, get Maverick to do it. And he goes, no, no, they want you. <laughs> it's like, no, no, that, that definitely ain't going to work. So he goes, well, you know, you, you, if you turn down a remote, you could be fired. And I said, we'll do it then. Well, Steve found out about it. And um, he thought that I had the cojones to stand up to these guys and not do a strip club because I was a Christian. That uh, he guess had that in the back of his mind. Yeah. Well, S- Steve left. He went to, um, I think he went to Birmingham. He did. And so... After that, uh, they brought in another general manager who was on LSD. In, and then Steve came here to yeah, J103. Yeah, Steve, Steve went to J103. So we had Harvey. Harvey was from North Dakota on LSD, and things just went haywire. I meant they painted the studio black. Uh, just very bizarre. And 
So I knew I the days were numbered. So they fired me. <laughs> Again, because the, um, I kid you not, the operations manager was bipolar. She could just flip on a switch, so she was gone. Um, and then after that, I sat on the beach for a long time. Good gravy. I sat on the beach for like four years. And then we went, I got the call to come to Little Rock to do Christian radio, which was wonderful. Uh-huh. I thought, thank God, we're finally back into Christian radio. Spirit 93.3, I got there, and the guy's like, yeah, we love you, but they're going to sell the radio station. Yeah, of course. And I was like, okay, I know how this works out. Whatever, they're going to take two years. A car dealership bought us. Within six months, everybody was gone, including me. I was doing mornings, and they flipped it to rock and roll. Yeah, and so is that when you went to Atlanta? That's when I went to Atlanta. And I sat on the beach for Atlanta and let uh, Beth do her magic. She works for a great company, and they treat her so well. So I just started pushing and shuffling tapes. And I got some calls from uh, Q, uh, Q100, big radio station down there, interviewed at the Bowl, uh, got in good with those guys, um, CKX, some of the big radio stations in Atlanta. And um, it, just, it just didn't fit. And then I got a call from V103, WVEE, the biggest urban radio station. They play uh, black music and rap and stuff like that in the, in the nation. The, it, it, and it's a machine. And uh, I went in there and told them what I could do. They thought it was wonderful. And within three months, that just fell apart. I mean, it was just, a, they, they said, this is a machine. And if you can't be a, a cog in the machine, you got to go. Yeah. That was not a cog in the And then that's how God led you here to Jay. Yeah, there. and then it was amazing. You know, I was just sitting on the beach, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, that's a story within itself, because um, I, was at the, I was at the house just shoving resumes right and left, um, um, and I got a call from Steve Green. He goes, dude, um, I may have uh, afternoons open in Chattanooga. And I was like, oh, man, I, you know, I think you're a great guy, Steve, and stuff like that, but my wife is never going to go for it. He goes, oh, you know, just, you know, just want to let you know that's, that's open. So, oh my gosh. So I told Beth, I said, hey, I just got a call from Chattanooga. No, we're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're staying in, 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 in Atlanta. And I was like, okay, well, let me just do this. Let me just stay fresh. Let me just throw my resume in a tape. We're not going to go. We're just going to throw a tape and a resume out and just get some feedback. Okay, all right, I'll agree with that. They like the tape. You are not going to Chattanooga. Let me just go up there and interview. Let me just let me just go up there and interview. I just need to keep my my skills sharpened. I, I you know I I just need to make this work. You know just in case something big comes down the line. Okay, you can interview. Come up here and interview. I wore a suit. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> you were the only one that had a suit on. Only one that had a suit within <laughs> the whole building. Crazy. So they liked me, and so you know I they I went home and, and or back to Atlanta, and they said, well, did they like you? I was like, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I have no idea. Kind of played it off really cool and stuff like that. Then I got the call to come up, and they're like, they want me to work in Chattanooga. No, we're not going to Chattanooga. Oh my gosh! And for like the next month and a half, it was like. Uh, I was really a strain on the marriage for a second, I, I got to tell you. And she came to it and she goes, all right, you have one month to find us a house in Chattanooga. If you can't, we're not going. And so I came up here every single weekend and yeah. looked for a house. Finally found something and here we are. And God opened the door. Yeah. And I think, di- didn't your wife also give you the ultimatum too, that if this if this didn't work- That's it. You were no more radio. Gone. <laughs> gone. You'll, you'll, you'll be at Publix- you can find yourself another gig, you yeah. know. So and now, how long have you been at J one hundred and three? We're going on eight years now. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I remember you joking one time a couple of years ago. This is the longest you've ever held a job. Yeah, this is today is the longest I've. If, you, if you're listening to this podcast, today's the longest I've held this job. <laughs> so I've worked a total of four radio jobs since 1986, and Brad has worked 40 since. Exactly, that's actually how it works out. Too. <laughs> that's our radio journey. We're going to f- fill you in on that there, and then we're also the next next month. We're going to talk about our faith journey. Yeah, uh, we'll tell you how we uh, um, our relationship with the Lord and everything like there. But we're also going to talk about some music from time to time. On you know what are some of the new up and coming artists and songs and things you're digging. Do you have any off the top of your head, Brad, that you're really digging right now? Oh, that that uh, uh, We the Kingdom. Yeah, that, that holy water's got it going on. That's one of my favorite ones too. Yeah, right now, I was thinking of the same one there, uh, and they're actually going to be coming to a music festival, our music festival, J Fest in May. So, uh, but anyway, and then also there's going to be a health and fitness feature to this uh, to this yeah. podcast too. Uh, I'll have current observations from the gym, and Brad will have current observations from the trail. Um, but we've already touched on the fact that there's a lot of differences between me and Brad. I grew up on, quote-unquote, the East Coast in Louisville, Kentucky, even though it's not on the coast, but it's on this this side of the country. And Brad grew up on the West Coast, or the other coast. The, actually, um, the coast, because our uh, you do not know this, but my family actually are ranchers, and the ranch is on the coast, water. There you go. There you go. So let's talk about that, East Coast versus West Coast right now. How did you start off the new year growing up on the West Coast? Oh what was your all's? What did y'all do? Okay, so the, the crazy thing was is uh, mom and dad would go to parties. And when I got into uh, what I can really remember is, is all the kids, gosh, there must have been six to ten families that used to come to our house and they were all of the kids were all the same age yeah we would go in the garage and play pool we had this we had this huge snooker table uh snooker is this uh, kind of game you play um it's um, is that kind of like a poker table no it's 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 a pool table but it's a a, a snooker table which means that it's got dick um like a um different balls to play with and stuff like that. I never really understood it, but this was like a $10,000 table that came with the house when we bought it. So all the kids would pile in there and we just play pool until like four in the morning while the parents partied away. The cool thing about it was though, um, when I got into college, we go to the Rose Parade. That was the cool thing to do. Yeah. So I mean, in, in, and I even marched in the Rose Parade. Um, there was the United Fanfare Centennial Band of 1986, and so they took San Diego State and USC, and then the top two people from each big college across the nation put them in a band. There was 800 of us, and we marched down um, uh, Rosecrans Avenue. They're in Pasadena. Yeah, in Pasadena. So um, it, the West Coast thing, you know, and we were suckered. You know, when, uh, what was that guy's name? Dick Clark. When Dick Clark yeah. said, three, two, one, we actually thought, hey, it's midnight and he's celebrating with us. Well, it was three hours. <laughs> we never got the joke, man. Yeah, we, we always had that, like you said, three hours before when Dick Clark counted it down. There it was. And my family, we, we always did kind of the family thing. We'd stay at home and we'd watch it on TV, watch Dick Clark's Rock and New Year's Eve. You'd see the big ball come down in New York Times Square. And then we would jump out on the front porch, my three brothers and I, and just bang pots and pans together and make all kinds of noise and yell and scream for all a total of about 30 seconds or so and then we come in and we'd go to bed that was our new year's eve 
I got uh, I got a story for you. 1984. There was a song called "Wake Up." It's 1984. Uh, it was kind of after uh, the the book 1984. Well, my parents decided to go to a different party. Well, I invited my friends over, and uh, we put some speakers on the roof of the house and uh, <laughs> blared it as, as loud as possible. Exactly at midnight, saw my friends were on the roof celebrating. And who comes around the corner? Mom and dad. Oh, there you go. And I thought first, you were going to say the police. No, and the first thing he says is, why is the dog on the roof? <laughs> and I was like, ah, it's uh, 1984, man. So so playing snooker till 4 o'clock in the morning, playing yeah. music on the roof with the dog. Yeah. How do you celebrate New Year's now? Oh, geez. Good gravy. How do we celebrate New Year's now? Um, we usually go to a friend's house. We watch movies and... And uh, we just kind of reminisce about the, the past year, and, and then we look forward to what's going to be going on in the year. Are we, are we fuddy-duddies for talking like that? I think we are. I mean, mine's even more fuddy-duddier than that. What's that? Um, we usually, nine times out of ten, we'll be sitting there in bed watching the ball drop, and I'll look over right at midnight, and my wife is asleep. So oh, that kind of gives you an idea of how, uh, um, how the mighty have fallen, I guess, there. Now, last year, we had uh, uh, one of our co-workers here invited me and my wife over for a uh, like a seven-course meal, mm. French meal. That's right, and, Dawn. Yeah, yeah, and that was incredible. That was great. It was a lot of fun. Is she doing that time. again, by the way? No, she's going to be out of the country, ah, I think. Geez. So anyway, we missed it this year for that. All right, something else we're going to talk about from time to time will be Chase the Rabbit, where we'll pick a current event or training topic we'll talk about that and then also we'll have a section called would you rather and so brad let's go ahead and throw one of these out right now sure. would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great great grandchildren well since i don't have any kids i'm gonna have to go back into the past so i would probably go back into the past and i'd probably go back you know our our family has this crazy bent for genealogy. I mean, I've got an, a great aunt that is still alive, and she's 101. Wow. And she has traced our ancestry back to the 1600s. And there was a count. This is the last thing I remember when talking to her. There's a count back in the 1600s in, in uh, Locarno, Switzerland, Italy. That's where my uh, family's from. And that's how far they traced it back. And they've actually done a good job of tracing it from 1600 up to now. But I would probably, when I was a, when I was a, a little boy, we had a, um, an Uncle Joe, and he used to tell us stories about all the crazy things that used to happen when they first settled the hometown of Lompoc when they came over. And uh, Lompoc, California. Lompoc, California, which is on the coast. It's about uh, 50 miles northwest, yeah, actually northwest of Santa Barbara. You kid, it, it, we're on that lip right there or that jut out of California. That's where our family is. And so I would probably go back to uh, great-grandpa Giotti and great-grandpa Manfrina and go back and see when they first settled in California what it was like back then. I would probably, I was blessed growing up. I had tons of great-grandparents and grandparents. My, my grandfather was, on my mom's side was uh, um, the next oldest of 10 brothers and sisters. And so family reunions for us were epic. I mm. mean, there were great aunts and uncles and great-great aunts and uncles and great-grandparents. So I knew a lot of my 
most recent you know relatives so i would probably pick going into the future wow. to see what my great great grandchildren would look like because you know I always why well, have three kids and uh and i always think about the legacy that i'm trying to leave behind and just to see where they are and what they're doing and just knowing that you know i have the faith that i know that one day that uh, jesus is going to come back and we're all going to be together uh on the new earth the old and the future and everything there for that so uh so that's our would you rather cool. you th- anyway okay another one of our topics will be from time to time i don't know that we'll cover it in to this month but oops I can't believe I blew it again. And we'll actually talk about one of our most recent failures and what we did to overcome it or how God worked in our lives on that one. And then I know probably one of our favorites, uh, it'll probably be Brad's, I know it's one of mine, is the best thing I've ever eaten or drank or the best thing currently that I've ever eaten or drank. Any of those ring jump, jump out to you right now? Oh, it's got to be Don's fudge, man. Yeah, that is good for fudge sakes. Oh my gosh! Okay, so I don't know if uh, you listened to the show, but for fudge sakes is um, is is Don's creation. Uh, if you didn't know, she takes the proceeds and she puts it toward a um, a medical recipient to like yeah. get a, a kidney or you know liver or something like that. But she makes this incredible fudge, and she made this fudge, and I kid you not, it was dark chocolate fudge, white chocolate chips, M and M's. Oreos, and then inside of that was chocolate chips. <laughs> it was deadly. I mean, it, it, you, it, you know, I've I've traveled the world and I've tasted different things. So, oh, that was really good. No, this was really good. I could not finish it. It was that sweet and that decadent. So oh, I'm going to have to go with that. I think probably the thing that's on my mind right now and on my taste buds, and I may get some here soon if I make a trip to Louisville. Uh, would be White Castles. Have you ever had a White Castle hamburger? No. Okay. Around here, they're called crystals. Okay. Big difference between White Castles and crystals. Um, I grew up on White Castles, so I think crystals are gross. People that grew up on crystals here, when they've had a White Castle, they're like, that's just like a crystal, you know, but it's not as good as a crystal. You know, anyway, White Castles are little bitty small square hamburgers. Okay. They have five holes drilled in the patty. What? Yeah, there's five holes drilled in the patty. Okay. And it cooks. They put them, they put out this, like a bed of onions on this griddle, and then they put the, the patties on top of that, and then they put the buns on top of the patty. Okay. And so what happens is the steam from that onion juice goes up through the meat, oh it cooks it, fills holes, and into the bun. So when you bite oh that bun, my. and they I throw a pickle on there too when you bite into it it's real moist yeah. you have that oniony taste and cheese um crystals they don't have the five little holes right and so theirs are kind of dry in my taste uh, and that's why they put mustard on their on crystals they don't put mustard on white cast you can put them on if you want but uh but they don't and so to me i only get them once every couple every couple times a year when i go back and forth the closest one is up in uh, um murfreesboro no kidding up that way okay. yeah so a lot of times if we're driving to louisville or driving up that way, we'll get my mouth watering. Just thinking about it right now. They they also call them gut bombs. Gut bombs. Or yeah, because you eat them in the middle of the night, and oh, uh, and a lot of times it will impact you in quite some distasteful ways. I you see. know, if you eat yeah. too many of them. So anyway, that's our podcast for the very first one. I hope you uh, you stuck with us. If you did, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back next month with another one. Brad, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, thank you so much. And for anything that you need to know, you can always contact Ted in the morning or I in the afternoon here at J103 Radio. Hoffa Day. Hoffa Day. You have been listening to the Ted and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast. 